we, we got that car and we're driving it around and we were feeling pretty sweet with our, with our old car we're driving around. But, um, I remember we were running out of gas and we pull up to the gas station. That's the first time we were trying to fill this car up with gas. And we just like could not find where to put the gas in. Like could not find it. We're sitting there. Where, where do we fill this thing up? There's no gas cap anywhere. Where is it? And we were sitting there Googling. We couldn't find it. We ended up, you know, like asking people at the gas station, can you help us? We can't figure out how to fill this car with gas. Turns out it was underneath the license plate in the back. Howdy and welcome back to the Pioneer League Podcast. I'm your host, David Graff. I hope you guys have enjoyed the first two episodes of the podcast so far, and I hope you had a fantastic July 4th weekend. I certainly did. Aside from I got a little scraped up on an alpine slide in Big Bear, but I'm okay. I'm here. We're ready to roll out another episode of the Pioneer League Podcast, and I couldn't be more excited for Sean Tolleson, a 2010 Ogden Raptor, our first guy who did not play for a home team in the state of Montana. Sean was a stud in his home state of Texas in high school, and then he went on to Baylor and he ran into some problems. Nonetheless, he was drafted. He played his first year of professional baseball in the Pioneer League with the Ogden Raptors in 2010. He went on, he was the minor league pitcher of the year the next year with the Los Angeles Dodgers. He made his debut in 2012. He talks about that. It's a hilarious story. And then he played two years with the Dodgers, three with the Texas Rangers. So that's a five-year MLB total. He talks all about his time in Ogden, enjoying playing minor league baseball, just being a professional baseball player was kind of a treat for him. And then his major league career, it wasn't very long, but it was incredibly productive. He was a high-impact pitcher for both the Dodgers and the Rangers. He played in some amazing games. Remember the Joey Bats bat flip? If you like baseball, of course you remember it. He was on the Texas Rangers during that game. He was in Toronto for that game on the playing field. He talks about what that was like. This is an awesome episode. I can't wait for you guys to listen to it, so I won't take up any more of your time. Let's just get going. 2010 Ogden Raptor and five-year MLB veteran Sean Tolleson, guys. I'm happy to be joined now by a former Los Angeles Dodger and Texas Ranger, but for our purposes, an Ogden Raptor, Sean Tolleson. Sean, how are you today? Doing awesome, David. Thanks for having me. Really, really happy to have you. Really excited to hear about your career and your time with the Ogden Raptors. You're the first former Ogden Raptor to join us here. But first off, I want to start with something that you're working on right now before we get into the beginning of your career and everything that happened, you're doing something pretty cool. You're developing an app called practice with pros. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Um, and, and I won't, and I won't spend too much time talking about it because, um, there's way too much fun stuff with the Ogden Raptors to talk about, but 
but yeah, you know, it's, I, I retired from baseball, uh, you know, about a year and a half ago and that passion for the game of baseball never died and never went away. And I was just kind of racking my brain, you know, like I, I don't, I, you know, coaching is a great career, but, but I don't want to be a coach right now. You know, um, my, my family's young, I've got three young kids and, and I want to be home for them right now. And, um, but I want to stay engaged in the game of baseball. And so kind of one of my thoughts was there's, I'm not the only, I can't be the only guy feeling like this. I'm not the only formal base, baseball player out there. And I'm sure on some level, all of them still love the game. And in some ways are still experts in the game, you know, just because we're not practicing baseball anymore. You know, we're not in the field of baseball. We're still, we're still experts in, in the game. And so I thought there's got to be a huge waste, uh, just like a whole, um, you know, landfill of, of baseball knowledge that's just sitting out there rotting away. And, and how can we get the young kids of America and the world eventually to tap into that? So, so we're created practice with pros, which is going to be an app that's going to allow amateur players to connect with guys who played at the highest level. Okay. So you're talking about guys who played in the big leagues and who have been there and who have done that, who have gone through, you know, the trials and the troubles and, and the learning, learning changes, um, at every age and they've gone through high school baseball and they've gone through the recruiting process. They've gone through college baseball and it's just going to be a way for players to connect. So you're going to be able to um, not only connect, but you actually be able to upload them video of you swinging a bat or, or pitching or throwing a bullpen or running a bases or fielding at shortstop or catching a ball in the outfield. They should be able to upload video to a former major league player um, and then get them to respond to you via video and also um, almost like a text message interface. So super excited about it. Um, really, really excited. I think it's going to kind of um, just really change the way that, um, you know, young, young players are engaging with professional baseball. So Sounds very cool. Before we hop on over to the Pioneer League, I got to ask. Yeah. As a kid, who would have been somebody that you would have wanted to interact with via something like practice with pros? Yeah, you know, I mean, gosh, who wouldn't I have wanted to interact with? Um, you know, I was I was a huge, you know, I grew up here in, in the Dallas area, so I grew up a huge Rangers fan. Um, so for me, right, for me, it's like, it's Pudge Rodriguez, and it's like Juan Gonzalez and Rusty Greer and Will Clark. Um, these are the guys that I would have loved to engage with. Um, you know, on the on the pitching side, Rick Helling and, and – you know, I'm, I feel blessed that I've actually had the opportunity to engage with most of those guys now. Um, but it's cool, you know. It's going to be a really, really cool thing. Sounds very cool, and I'm, I'm excited to check it out once it comes around. Let's move on to the Pioneer League, your whole baseball career. So you went to Baylor. You mentioned that you're originally from Texas. You went to Baylor, and then you were drafted in the 30th round by the Los Angeles Dodgers. What was that moment like when you got the announcement that you had been drafted? It was, it's exciting. It's, it's really exciting. You know, for me, um, you know, for me coming out of high school, I was, I was very highly touted going into my senior year of high school. And, you know, I would have been surprised if I had ever even gone to college, but I had an injury, uh, my first game senior year, Tommy John, that kind of put me out for the rest of that season and kind of took, took me off the draft board. And I went off to college and kind of had to relearn how to throw again and relearn how to pitch. And um, it wasn't always easy. And so, you know, for a guy that had a very mediocre college career, um, 
I was just thankful for any opportunity to get into professional baseball. So really, really excited. It was, it was a no brainer for me, whether or not I was going to sign or not. So you get drafted, you're excited for that opportunity and you get sent to Ogden. What's your first reaction when you show up in Ogden, Utah? (laughs) I didn't know what to think. You know, I, you know, I, I had no expectations going into it. I was just excited to go play professional baseball. Um, yeah, I remember I, I showed up. I have no idea where Ogden, Utah is, obviously. But I showed up, and, and um, everyone was extremely welcoming. And, and you know, as a 30th rounder showing up, you just kind of take every opportunity you can get. So I was a starting pitcher in, in college. And when I showed up to Ogden, you know, it's kind of like, hey, we've, we've got our five-man rotation already set you know, 30th rounder, you're going to get your innings in the bullpen. And of course I was thankful to just get innings. So I said, okay. And that was kind of the end of the story for me and starting pitching. It was just that right there. And I, and I showed up to Ogden and, um, and they threw me in the bullpen and I soon got to take over in the closers role. But, um, yeah, I'd say my first impressions of Ogden were just like, it just felt like a good family town. You know, we had, we had host families, um, and I'm sure they they probably have still kind of kept that tradition going. But but yeah, we had host families, so I, I lived with a family, and um, you know it's kind of funny. My wife was joking about it the other day. She's like, it's just so funny that you're just a kid from college and you just show up to a random city that you've never been to, never even heard of, um, to play on a baseball team with you know 30 other guys that you've never met, and to live with a family that you've never met. And she, she's just kind of laughing, you know, it's just, a, it's just a bizarre situation. And beyond that, I show up without a car, right? So you just kind of fly up there and, and assume that, oh yeah, you know, well, I'll just, I'll figure out how to get from place to place. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so I think my host family, uh, in Ogden, they, they let us borrow a car. I think it was, a, it was a car that was someone in their family's car, but it was a 19, I don't know, I'm going to get the year wrong, but. It was like a 1976 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Um, and I was living with another player. I was living with Logan Botham, uh, who was just drafted out of UT Arlington. So we kind of had Texas ties together. But we, we got that car and we're driving it around. And we were feeling pretty sweet with our, with our old car we're driving around. But um, I remember we were running out of gas and we pull up to the gas station. That's the first time we were trying to fill this car up with gas. And we just like could not find where to put the gas in. I could not find it. We're sitting there. Where, where do we fill this thing up? There's no gas cap anywhere. Where is it? And we were sitting there Googling. We couldn't find it. We ended up, you know, like asking people at the gas station, can you help us? We can't figure out how to fill this car with gas. Turns out it was underneath the license plate in the back. (laughs) We kind of have to like lift it up and fill it up. But no, it's, it's good memories. That's pretty funny. Greg Vaughn told a story about how, he and some of his teammates, they all chipped in to buy a, an old station wagon for $500, and they just left it behind for the next group the next year. But that's pretty funny, not being able to find the yeah. gas cap. <laughs> Couldn't find it. But, but yeah, the, the car ran, ran pretty good that summer. So um, we even took it down to uh, Salt Lake City on a, on a day off <laughs> one day, and it made it. So <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. When I first reached out to you, 
you said you enjoyed your time in Ogden, and when I looked at your stats in Ogden, I can understand why. You had 17 saves. You had a .63 ERA. That's insane. You struck out 39 guys in 28 and two-thirds innings, and it was your first time you know, pitching out of the bullpen. What was that transition like in terms of mindset going from a starter in college and in high school and honestly being the man to then – moving into the bullpen and being the 30th round guy who's just trying to, you know, find his way. Yeah. You know, people have asked me that before, like what, what happened to you? Um, and, and I wish I had a good answer that I could give people, but you know, people ask me about my mindset and I feel like my mindset was the last thing I was concerned about. It was just, I was just literally, it was kind of survival mode for me. Um, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to get, you know, a million opportunities to do this. And, and I just was trying to make the most of it. And I think for the first time, the biggest probably change was like for the first time in my life, I was focused everything I had on baseball. Um, for the first time in my life, like this was my job. Like this is what I did for a living. Um, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't having to, to juggle school and baseball. Um, I wasn't have to, having to juggle being social in baseball and having friends and going and hanging out with people. Like literally, I was just doing baseball. And my entire day, my routine, my morning, my lunch, my, you know, everything was just kind of revolved around that one inning that I might get to throw at the end of the game. So I think beyond anything, it was probably just that. You talk about baseball being a job. What was it that made you love doing that job? Man, because it's just the best. <laughs> I still tell people that being a baseball player is the best job that I'll definitely ever have. But um, you know, it's just it's just fun. I think I think part of it's the competition. You know, I, I'm a I'm a competitive guy, so I like that. Um, but I think really what makes baseball so stinking fun is being on a like being on a baseball team is the greatest one of the greatest things in the world and you know it's you know i'm sitting here thinking about any memories i had from ogden and i'm like so here i am i've you know i'm i'm going to a team with all these guys i don't know but it's like game two i remember like my second game there um they the ogden raptors so that was the, the mascot right the ogden raptors and they play this song um which everyone knows but it's like Come on, get up, get on the floor. Everybody do the dance, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so that was like, the, that was like the song, right? That was like the theme song for the team. They played that before every game. And I remember us in the bullpen down there, we would just, uh, we kind of created this dance that we would do in every game for the entire summer. We didn't miss it. The whole bullpen would be out there doing the dance before the game. And I think it's just, I think it's just that it's like the camaraderie and, and here I am, I'm in a bullpen with like, you know, I think there's like eight other guys in that bullpen and I think seven of them are, um, from Latin America. Like don't even speak English, but here I am just cracking up and like really bonding with these guys. Um, so I, I don't know. I think, I think more than anything, baseball is fun because of the guys you do it with. No doubt. No doubt. That's Definitely yeah. something that's amazing is the team camaraderie that you create. What was what were the kind of things that you did when you weren't playing in the games? Um, there was this little restaurant that 
which uh, I think it turned into like a chain restaurant now, but it was called Costa Vida and it was like right by the ballpark. We would definitely, I ate at Costa Vida every day for an entire summer. So that was good. Lots of burrito bowls. Um, so we went there a lot and, uh, you know, besides that, I, you know, I think we slept in, you know, I think, I don't think we went to bed till, you know, you know, two or 3 AM and we'd sleep till 11 and we'd get up and we would go to the gym. As soon as we'd wake, we'd eat breakfast, go to the gym. As soon as we'd leave the gym, we'd go to Costa Vida. As soon as we left Costa Vida, we were at the ballpark for the game. So there wasn't a whole lot of time to do things, but, um, I felt like we had more time actually to kind of explore when we were on the road. Um, definitely some cities on the road that I probably would have never gone to for my entire life. So kind of cool. Um, I don't know. Once that come to mind, like Casper, Wyoming, definitely one of those towns that I probably never would have been to. Definitely not. I'm not saying we did anything fun in Casper. There was really nothing there, but I think one of my favorite road cities was, I like Missoula. Montana a lot. I think it felt like it felt like a bigger town. I think just because the college was there, and so that was a that was a fun town. That's pretty funny. You're cracking me up because I actually I grew up in the South. I grew up in Arkansas, and I never thought I would end up mm-hmm. out in the Mountain West. I went to my undergrad at the University of Wyoming, so I've been to Casper, and now I live here in Missoula, Montana. So, <laughs> oh, you live in Missoula? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty it's funny. funny. It's like it's you it's just like the places that you think that you'll never end up for any reason. And then you end up there and you, you're kind of forced into finding out what to do there. But, but that's cool. You live in Missoula. And I like I liked that place. The people there were really cool. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah. Life is certainly an adventure. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So what, what was that first off season? Like after you would, been a professional baseball player you know you've talked about it being your job now your mindset's probably changed you go home you've had a really really successful season what was that like well I think let's see that first off season there wasn't much of an off season I think I came home for two weeks um and then I went off to instructional league after that so um and that was about that was about six weeks long or something like that um, you know, that first off season was, um, it was good. I, I think, you know, my, I was married. I was very newly wed. We had our first, uh, we had our first apartment. So I got to like, you know, for the first time in my life, like live off on my own, like actually on my own, not with, not with four other dudes, but, um, so yeah, I kind of just felt like a grown up for the first time. Um, and my days really consist, my days, the only priority I had during the day, you know, no dog, no kids. <laughs> my only priority was really doing whatever I needed to do um, for next season, which consisted of going and getting my throwing in, getting my workout in, getting my arm care in, getting my conditioning in. And um, that was that was kind of the day. That was it. Well, it seems to have paid off for you. You win minor league pitcher of the year for the Dodgers in 2011. And then you get called up in June 2012. Can you recall what that moment was like when you finally get called up? Oh, man. It was just crazy. It was just a um, ton of emotions going through me. You know, I I can remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, I was playing in 
Albuquerque um, in AAA. And Lorenzo Bundy, the manager, called me over after the national anthem and just wrapped his arm around me and said, hey, you're going to the big leagues. The Dodgers need you. And, um, yeah, so I, I remember, you know, calling my, my wife and my parents and just being able to celebrate with them over the phone. And, um, and you know, I think our first series was in Philadelphia. It was a four-game series in Philly. And if you know anything about Philadelphia, they're like the meanest people in the world when it comes to sports, right? Um, they're just like ruthless fans. But the first three games go by, and I'm just like on the edge of my seat, just biting my nails, just like at the, you know, at the thought of going into the game. But the games were like one-run games, and it's too close for me to make my debut. So game four comes along, and it's another tight game. I think it's like a two- or three-run game going into the eighth inning. So for sure, they'll put in – Dodgers will put in their closer. Still not a great opportunity for, for a rookie to come in and debut. Um, but we ended up scoring like two runs. Uh, ended up scoring like two runs in the in the eighth or ninth inning. As a five, we had a five-run lead. And they called down and told me I've got the ninth inning to kind of try to, in, you know, close the game out. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I, this, this story is actually funny. My, my major league debut, I go in and I'm facing, it's the nine hole, so a great opportunity playing in the National League. So they, they, they send a pinch hitter up. It was Hector Luna. I think I walk him on four pitches. That's the first batter I ever faced in my major league career. Um, and... Of course, not how I wanted to start my career, but I kind of dusted off, take a big breath, uh, get back in the on the mound, and Jimmy Rollins is up at the plate. And of course, Jimmy Rollins, the guy I've been watching for years, um, but take take my signs, and I mean, I had to have been throwing harder than I've ever thrown in my life. But I ended up walking Jimmy Rollins on four pitches. So here I am, made it for my major league debut. I think I've thrown eight pitches and eight balls and there's runners on first and second. <laughs> and, you know, before I could even blink my eyes again, uh, Don Mattingly, who was the manager for the Dodgers at the time comes out to the mound and doesn't say a word, just kind of sticks out his hand and I give him the ball and I walk off the field <laughs> and that was it. That was my major league debut. And it's, it's funny that you bring it up, but, um, you know, it's, it kind of felt like, you know, like when you, if you're like watching the Olympics and you think about these guys who have trained their entire life for this moment and then they're like trip coming out of the blocks or, or slip or something like that. That's kind of what it felt like. Um, that's kind of what it felt like. But, but thankfully the Dodgers um, kept giving me opportunities and, and I was able to turn that around. So <laughs> That's pretty funny that you can laugh about it all these years later. It's certainly a whirlwind of emotions, you know, it's your first time and then – you throw eight straight balls. <laughs> That's it's, pretty it's funny. A lot. And, and, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of crossover to life there. And, um, I feel like just as I've, as I've grown up and gotten older and, you know, had three kids, it's, um, it's easy to laugh at stuff like that now. No doubt. The Dodgers are kind of known as celebrities in a town full of celebrities, so what was the best part of playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers? Um, it was probably just getting to meet people before the game. It seems like every game there's there's some celebrity that you've watched on TV or in movies or some sports figure that's coming into the clubhouse before the game. So 
um, that part was fun, just getting to getting to meet them. And of course, I was too shy to actually talk to them. But you know, I'd brush up against their shoulders so that I could say that you know we touched each other. But no, it's um, that part. That part was cool. I honestly, though, the best part about playing in LA had to be had to just be kind of the like the history of the organization. It's just like one of the most historic and prized baseball organizations that's ever existed. You know, it's up there with, it's right up there with the the Yankees and the Cubs and the Red Sox. And, um, and so just being able to like, just being able to meet and interact with some of the Dodger legends. There's so all those Dodger legends that have played in Dodgers past are so, so involved and intertwined in the current state of the Dodgers and they, they just do a tremendous job about just keeping them involved. And so for me to be able to, you know, be this 30th rounder and get to be standing on a mound in spring training, uh, throwing a bullpen and, you know, Sandy Koufax is standing there behind me, um, you know, tossing me balls when I throw one in the dirt and giving me pointers and, and Tommy Lasorda is there um, kind of coaching me up. And I mean, I mean, this is the kind of stuff it's like the dreams are made of. So that was, that was probably the best part. You go from the historic Los Angeles Dodgers to your hometown team, the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. What was the excitement like there? Uh, I mean, just pure joy for everyone. I mean, pure joy for me, but but even more, more than me, I mean, pure joy for my wife and, and my parents and my brother and my sister and uh, my wife's family, and, you know, just all, all, all my friends that I grew up with, um, you know, all of a sudden they all get to come, actually come watch me play and they don't have to stay up till midnight to watch me pitch on the West coast. Um, and so it was, it was, it was really a dream come true to, to be able to, you know, pitch for the team that I grew up rooting for and, and not only that, I mean, I got to be home, you know, like we had, we had never moved out to LA officially. We just kind of rented place temporarily and, and always came back, came back to our roots and to our home. And so, um, pretty unique situation to be able to live at home. I'm sure you felt at home, especially in 2015, you have the best year of your career. You're the Rangers pitcher of the year. You have 35 saves, you even finished 10th in Cy Young voting. What was it about that year in particular that you just got in a groove? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I think um, when they kind of handed me, you know, I was I was pitching well at the beginning of that season, and and the current Rangers closer, Nestali Feliz, who had done it for years, and and this brilliant closer, um, was just kind of going through a rough patch, and in a way, he just needed a breather, right? He just needed a breather, and um, someone to take over for a little while um, while he kind of found his delivery again. And and I was, you know, I was pitching better than anyone else in the bullpen at the time. So they kind of started giving me opportunities to close. And, um, and I took that really seriously. I just, I just took that job really seriously. And I, and I wanted to do it, you know, I just wanted to do a really, really darn good job. You know, whether they gave that closer role back to Nestali uh, at some point or not, I just, I just wanted to, you're in such, you're in a position to really seal off a victory for your team. And I know there's 162 games in a season, but every single one of those is so, so, so important. Um, and it's not, it's not that the ninth inning is any different than any other inning, but, um, but it sure felt like it. And, 
So, I, you know, I, I was able to lock it in, and we really weren't that good of a team to start that year. I think in 2014, um, I think we were one of the worst teams. Um, and I think people had those same expectations for us again in 2015, and we started off the year losing a lot of games. And we started to turn things around, and, you know, I think we had the best second half in, in Major League Baseball that year and ended up clinching the AL West. You talk about clinching the AL West and – you know, going to the playoffs, you pitched three scoreless innings in that ALDS that year. What was it like to represent your hometown team in the playoffs? Playoffs are just a whole nother animal. And, and people had warned me of that and told me that, but, um, you know, and, until I got to pitch in it, you know, I didn't even believe them, but yeah, it's playoffs are exciting, exciting times to pitch in. And, um, you know, I, my career wasn't as long as I wanted it to be. And I didn't, you know, win a world series like I wanted to, but I'm so extremely thankful that I had that opportunity to pitch in postseason. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you what it was like in the stadium when, when Joey bats flipped the bat. The most memorable moment of my career was was that. Uh, and, And it's not that I was pitching when it happened or I was just there, but it was insane. Um, I have never been anywhere that exploded like that. Um, it was, it was piercing, piercingly loud. I mean, really, really actually like, you know, can damage, (laughs) damage your eardrums loud. And, and beyond that, it got, it got just, um, it almost got violently crazy after that. Um, I remember I was down in the bullpen and we're trying to stay ready, stay loose to go in the game to pitch and, um, you know, the fans just start throwing everything they've got down on, down at you on the field. And, you know, if you're going to stand on that mound and warm up, you're going to be covered in all sorts of beer because they just weren't going to let you, right? And so, you know, all the uh, security guards and, and uh, police force that were actually there went and got helmets because of how unsafe it was. Um, and so I remember warming up. After that happened, I was warming up to go into that game and I was in the batting cage. <laughs> That's like kind of where I had to warm up um, because it was hidden and protected. And um, so anyway, yeah, it was crazy. That's nuts. Don't remember that at the time, but I can certainly imagine that happening. You had didn't have a very long career, but you certainly had a good Major League Baseball career and some exciting highs what would you say you would hold on to from your career? Man, I, I don't hold on to anything from my career except the relationships that I made. And and that's the truth. I mean, um, you know, the, the like the stats that you that you talk about, I couldn't have told you what they were, but um but what I hold on to are the relationships that I made, the guys who are in my contact list on my iPhone right now and and just the families that we were able to engage with and learn from and grow from and interact with on a daily basis and really do life with. That's what I take away from baseball is that. We'll wrap it up with this question. You talked about practice with pros, but what else do you have going on? Yeah. So, um, we talked about practice with pros. What else do I have going on? I've got a five-year-old boy, a three-year-old boy and a one-month-old girl, um, that are, so much fun and keep me plenty busy. Um, besides that, I've started another company called Tolleson Health Advisors. 
that that's helping people um, really discover what it means to be truly healthy. So it's a 12 month, it's a 12 month program um, that's led by me um, that engages people regularly on food choices, water choices, sleep optimization, um, environmental toxins, supplementation, all these questions for pe- that people have, you know, like, you know, there's a lot of confusion around health and, and I felt very confused around health even when I was playing, you know, there's so many different diets and approaches and types of exercise. And it's kind of like, well, what's right for me. Um, and so per- I went on kind of a personal journey to seek out those answers. Um, and I was, I was surprised at what I found and I was surprised that when I started implementing these strategies, how good I felt. And, and so I wanted to do something after baseball that really mattered and that really helps people. Um, and so that's, that's what I spend a good chunk of my day doing now is actually, um, really one-on-one coaching with these people. Well, Sean Tolleson, five-year major league veteran, co-founder of practice with pros, really excited for that and helping people get healthy now. Really appreciate your time, and thank you so much for joining us, Sean. Awesome. Thanks, David. I appreciate it, man. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with 2010 Ogden Raptor and five-year Major League veteran Sean Tolleson. I certainly enjoyed interviewing him. He was so candid. He was unbelievably honest about his time in minor league baseball and professional baseball, and honestly, it's kind of surprising that he doesn't remember any of the particularly impressive numbers that he put up during both his time in the minor leagues and in the big leagues. I mean, he got a top 10 Cy Young Award finish. That's pretty remarkable, especially for a relief pitcher. It's absolutely insane. So it was a treat to have him on, and he was very candid and told some amazing stories It was just a fantastic time interviewing him, so I'm really glad he could come on, and I'm really appreciative of all the great stories that he told. He told some amazing stories from his minor league time and at the major leagues. It's amazing how many cool games, moments, teams that he was a part of, so I'm really appreciative of his candor. On July 9th, Thursday, this Thursday, we have Lyle Overbay. Mr. Osprey himself, if you're a Missoula Osprey, now Paddleheads fan, he's our next episode. He was a late addition to this first season, but it was well worth it. It was worth the wait. He was fantastic. He talks all about his time in Missoula, and he has some crazy connections to Missoula as well. So it was really cool talking to him about that and his time in the minor leagues and major leagues. So Please be looking forward to that as well as please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. I can't say it enough. I want as many baseball fans to be able to listen and enjoy this podcast as possible. So please do that for me. I get excited every time there's a new review, new rating that comes through. So I'm really appreciative of everybody that's done that so far. And honestly, it just it just makes my day when I see a new rating or review. So please do that. As well as if you feel so inclined, support the podcast at the link in the description. Love it. And really appreciate all of the support so far. Can't thank everyone enough. And please go and find Sean on Instagram and Twitter 
at the handles in the podcast description. He's a great guy, great follow. So please go do that as well as shout out to my friend, Turnt Kenny for the music. Really appreciate him as always. And we'll be back on Thursday with Mr. Osprey himself, Lyle Overbay. Talk to you then. Mm-hmm.